Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunandgeeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, a disaster awaits with Moonfall. Will we enjoy a jackass forever? And are you ready to play some Wordle? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcast. And if you still have it, Spotify Podcasts as well. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, Vampires, and Vitae. I'm trying to do a V right now. Plus, everything that we do right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, because we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer out there on Facebook. Plus, we are the place to go for all your entertainment news and trends in pop culture right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So go ahead and check out the latest news and trends of pop culture at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, plus hours upon hours of tabletop RPG goodness. I know Mitch ran some games this weekend. I know we've got more Vampires and Vitae on the way, and so great things coming down the pike always here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. She is the mastermind behind Vampires and Vitae and so many of our games at Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what she's doing today at Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcast, plus on YouTube, wherever you go ahead and get Vampires and Vitae, including right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, great to have you back. Great to be here. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We kind of missed on Monday as far as just putting up some old stuff because we had some scheduling snafus. And you know what that creates for us on Friday? A ton of work. A ton of work, a ton (laughs) to cover. Pop culture overload is in store. We're going to go ahead and talk to you about a whole bunch of things. I didn't even mention on the notes that we're going to hopefully squeeze in the Halo trailer as well that's coming up for next month plus we're going to be talking about a lot of great things including 
the book of Boba Fett or <laughs> the book of Mandalorian. <laughs> How well is it doing? And episode six, there was a major Star Wars reunion. If you're into your Star Wars lore, my God, you got a whole ton of it on episode six. So we'll talk about that. Peacemaker episode six for me was one of the most fascinating, emotional, and disturbing all in the <laughs> same episode for Peacemaker. So we'll talk about that as well. Plus, there's a ton of stuff that's coming out this weekend in the world of video games, streaming, and the movies. In fact, there's supposedly a battle going on this weekend at the domestic box office. Will Spider-Man No Way Home finally get defeated once again, this time by Jackass Forever or Moonfall? We'll talk about that coming up. We're also going to be talking about Amazon, which they're also going to be doing a price hike. But they've got The Legend of Vox Machina. And Reacher coming to the Amazon Prime video this weekend. So we'll talk about that. Plus on Netflix, Murderville Archive 81, which I know Melinda has already gotten into. Plus their big announcement video that we have displayed on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. That is they're doing 86 movies for the rest of this year. They're showcased a little bit of each on this great trailer that they had. So we'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. Plus, Raised by Wolves, that's coming out on HBO Max this weekend for Season 2. Sony buying Bungie for $3.6 billion. Maybe? Kinda? Sorta? We'll talk about that. Plus, TJ Johnson is stopping by with his thoughts on the Sony Bungie acquisition. So we'll talk about that coming up. Plus, Dying Light 2 for gamers out there. That's coming this weekend. And, of course, a lot more right here at the PTT Multiverse. But first, my friend. I'm going to say, so that's the show, right? We're done? Uh, <laughs> I got just tired just telling everybody what's right. going on in this week's episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But first, my friend, are yes. you up for a new game? That's Everybody's seen it out there on social media, whether you have Facebook, whether you have Twitter. No matter what you have, you've been seeing out there a game that has taken over the world in the past three weeks since the start of the year. And that is called Wordle. It was created by a gentleman in the UK as a way to go ahead and honor his wife who loves her share of crosswords. So he created this app for her as a sign of love. So everybody goes, oh, right. Yes. Yes. So that's so sweet. It is. And it's turned out to be a worldwide sensation. So much so that it just got purchased by the New York Times. Wow famous for their crossword puzzles, mm -hmm. for what they quote as the low seven figures. So you better just go smack Robbie Ross, your husband, on the head and just say, you know what, right. make me a game yeah. as your appreciation to me yep. so we can sell it off for the low seven figures. How yeah, it, it really does just go to show you that when you come from a place of love, the sky's the limit, right? Absolutely. So what we're going to do during the uh -huh. course of this busy, busy episode we're going to play a game of Wordle. Oh, dear. So okay. Yep. Yeah, so I've got it okay. up there right now. Okay. going to go ahead and showcase it a little bit more along with us right there. So before we go ahead into the rest of the news cycle and what's going on, we're yes. going to go ahead with the first word. So we're going to keep coming back to it during the course of the hour. So, Melinda, I'll start with you first since you're my great friend and you've been an awesome part of this show each and every week. You get to go first. And by the way, 
there's no pressure at all on your first five-letter word. Yeah, none. Word. Uh, so I'm going to go with one that has two E's in it. How about green? Green it is. So let me type this first. G-R-E-E-N. So basically, if you're not up with Wordle, it's available out on apps, also available on a website. It's based off of five-letter words. So you're trying to figure out what the five-letter word is. And you get one, two, three, four, five, six opportunities to go ahead and guess what that word is. And each time you get a word, it'll tell you if any of the letters are part of it, if they're in the right place, or if they're not included at all. So we're going to go ahead with green as your first guess. And survey says... Ooh, oh. the R. So it's the E is not in there. Yeah. But the right. R is somewhere in the word. It isn't in the right place on green. So it's okay. somewhere in there. The R is correct. So we got one out of five. We're doing good. So okay, you so, better than what I start off with. So what we need now is a word that has an R in it and no E's. Is that? Yes. So okay. the it'd be like there's an A, there's an I, there's an O, a U, one type of vowel, or maybe more than two. Right. You never know what's going to happen with this, but we're going to go ahead in a few minutes. We're going to think it over what the next guest could be, but we're going to go ahead right now and talk about the news cycle. And first off is the box office, because this is the first real contentious box office in a little while since Scream. Right. Scream came out and won the domestic box office for a week, the studio has just approved a sequel for the Scream reboot. So that'll be filmed later this year. So that tells you how well it's doing. It's garnered over $100 million worldwide at the box office. But it quickly got beat the next week by Spider-Man regaining its position. And, and Spider-Man has helped ever since. This weekend brings two new movies, one of which is a very familiar face and one of it which was made by a very familiar face. The first one is Jackass Forever from the guys that have been doing Jackass from the original TV show on MTV all the way to doing the movies. And this will be their last outing in the original group. There are new members that they may pass the baton to. And if Paramount wants to continue it in some form or fashion, whether it's more movies or TV, it's still up in the air. But Jackass Forever has gotten pretty decent ratings. Of course, it's all about the calamity that they go ahead and the stunts that they pull on each other. If you've been reading the news, you know that Johnny Knoxville, the star of Jackass, actually got seriously injured in a bull riding stunt that he did, which caused, as he said, some serious brain damage to his cognitive abilities for quite some time. And actually, he's still on meds at this point in time from what the uh, interview he had earlier this week. So some serious damage there. These are serious stunts they do on the show, but for big laughs. Your thoughts on Jackass Forever? I mean, they've managed to take some like an MTV, I don't know, throwaway show and really turn it into an empire. So I can't. 25 years later. Yeah, like I can't fault the guys for that. I really can't. I'm not going to rush to the theater to see it. But I'm also, you know, a year old woman and I'm not exactly their target audience. So (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, honestly, well, it's different now because, you know, since it's Paramount, eventually it's going to land on Paramount Plus. So you don't actually have to go out and see in the theaters if you don't want to. Yeah, that's true. 
I guess. And this is not a movie that you would say is like has to be cinematic in scope, like watching Dune or something where yeah, it's I really mean, enhanced. That... Unless you like those shot to the nether regions that, you know, they're just so bad that you yeah, got to see it in like less. an 80 foot screen. Yeah. I made the mistake of seeing, I want to say it was the last Jackass movie in theaters with the volcano. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, that was uh, that was more than enough jackass for me. I'm still okay. I'm still full of jackass from that one. <laughs> well, fair <laughs> enough. I think actually that's going to win the weekend domestically. I think Probably. there's still enough love for it. Plus, yeah. everybody knows that this is the last go round for the original crew. So yeah. we'll see what happens with Jackass Forever. It's facing off against, like I said, Spider Man No Way Home, which still made Duke some decent numbers as it climbs towards the actually higher up on the food chain for the all time list on the domestic side and the world side, but it, domestically, it may still have a chance of beating Avatar here in the next couple of weeks. But also out this weekend is Moonfall, which stars Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry. And the reviews on this were not surprising to me because this movie from the get-go reminded me so much of Gerard Butler's Geostorm. Yes, and this was created by Roland Emmerich, who is famous for Independence Day and has been making disaster films. Basically, he's the modern Irwin Allen. Right. And I know uh, Bill Lamond, he actually emailed us about the Poseidon Adventure the other day. And I was telling him about how those 70s Irwin Allen disaster movies, they always <laughs> made me laugh because it was just like these yeah. mediocre celebrities who were past their prime, all trying to see who, who could die first in these calamities. <laughs> Right. And I was just laughing because of the bad acting and the way that they, they will all die in such predictable manners. Right. This is pretty much the same thing. This is something that is like a geostorm is just going to be an atrocious piece of trash. It is getting scathing reviews right now on Metacritic. If you look at the score, the average score is 36 Oof. right now. And when IGN gave it a five, that may be one of the highest scores around. So yeah, it's a disaster movie of a different type. It's just a right. disaster. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're into space exploration and something alienish happening on the moon that's causing and wreaking havoc and destroying the Earth, et cetera, et cetera, and only Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson can save it, if you're into that, great. But I would wait because it's getting terrible reviews. And I think it's a movie that you can go ahead and catch on streaming one day if you want to play it up for laughs. Yeah, that, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no yes. i i mean you know those kinds of movies though they have their place sometimes not always in the theater it's a popcorn movie absolutely and but you gotta have really good popcorn well i mean where there's original is now making caramel popcorn so just go grab some of that and then yeah i mean it's just not like regular popcorn or like you know when you shake the popcorn you know popcorn and all that yeah this yeah. is something you gotta have like premium popcorn to enjoy it yeah. Because you're going to be sitting through a really crummy movie. That's, yeah. that's all I have to say. She's a stinker. That, so. But you're going to find, you know, I'm sure that, like as you said, you'll find the funny in it, I'm sure. But Halle Berry's like Teflon. I mean, she appeared in Catwoman, which is one right. of the worst movies of the decade that it was in. And she's bounced back many times over. She's an Academy Award winner. And she'll have other performances. Patrick Wilson is just going to, I think, be in Aquaman too. So his career is not going to be too dinged by it. So Again, it's Moonfall. It's coming out. It's probably not going to do that well. It's not projected to do that well at the box office. But Jackass Forever, I think, is really going to be surprising to a lot of people how well it does this weekend. But we'll wait and see. And, of course, on the Monday show, we'll report it for you. But your thoughts out there on Moonfall and Jackass Forever. Are you interested in going checking out either one of these movies? Please let us know.
popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Okay, wait. Wait, I... I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um, uh, that's uh, obver ov- 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 <laughs> Close enough. Ovulation. It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can. You are still naked. Oh God. The music stops, and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh God, this is. The prince of the city looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two, to Pop Culture Cosmos. We're back on the show. It's the PC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glasser along with my good friend, Mrs. Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. Hello. Who is going to be doing the second go-around for Wordle. I'm going to give oh. you the first couple shots, and then we'll Gosh. go and work on it together. Number two. Try number two. Okay. So arrow. Wordle, so. arrow. 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 Okay. So I'm going to type in R's. arrow, everyone. Some R's in it. Let's see what yeah, happens. It's got some R's. And no so E's. Let's see what, so we're going to go ahead. The second row for Wordle, our game of Wordle we're playing live on the air, is Arrow. So let's see what happens. <gasps> Ooh, you got oh. the A. So we know the vowel, at least one of the vowels on there, is going to be an A. The R is still in the wrong place. But Arrow, so at least we know the two letters on this word. Again, this is Wordle, which has been a great sensation all over the world right now on social media, and everybody seems to be loving it. But if you're on chat right now, watching us live, you can go ahead and help us out here. That'd be greatly appreciated, because we've only got four tries left, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, I know. The pressure's going to be on here in a second, especially after my guess. But Melinda, I want to ask you this. When it comes to the Book of Boba Fett, Episode 6, we already talked about how Episode 5 completely changed the dynamic of the series and made it more into the Mandalorian. It was a continuation of what everybody saw in season two of Mandalorian. This was even more of a embodiment of the star Wars universe because seemingly every facet of the star Wars universe that you could put in there was put in there. The episode started with a return of the marshal that we saw from last year, last season, who helped out Mandalorian and had the armor of Boba Fett before he returned it. Just went back and forth to what we saw with Mandalorian. And we saw Grogu in training with Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka actually stopped by to talk to the Mandalorian. Right. Grogu never got to see face-to-face the Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian actually from a distance saw the training that was going on and actually did give Ahsoka the Beskar armor that was made for him, i.e. Grogu, in the previous episode. It was so funny because my daughter called me, because I had seen it already, but my daughter called and she calls me crying. Oh, no. I said, are you watching the Mandalorian? (laughs) Yes. Are you watching the part where you first see Grogu back on the screen for the first time in almost a year or actually in a year? Yeah. Yes. He's so beautiful. He's so cute. He's so cute. And she is just bawling away. And I was just like, yeah, that's uh, Star Wars all over again. But yeah, like I said, they went all over the place on this one. They went back to Tatooine eventually to go ahead and 
get back for a few minutes and a few minutes only in regards to what's happening with the world of Boba Fett and the planning of as far as Boba Fett planning the war with the Pike Syndicate. You also saw the bar that was frequented in Tatooine be subject of a terrorist hit by the Pike Syndicate and be blown up. So Jennifer Beals, unfortunately, she can flash dance no longer because she has been blown up. Oh, dear. Along with everybody there in the bar. So very interesting indeed. And then also it ends off with a preparation for the war ahead because the last episode is next week of the Boba Fett series. And then it all ends up, like I said, with the decision that Luke Skywalker, who built a Jedi school, as far as this, the Jedi school that got burned down in the last Jedi or, or the Skywalker, whenever they did a flashback of when Kylo Ren burned down the, the Jedi school, right. it was that Jedi school that was being built in this episode during the course of this episode. Okay. And because that's, that's what Luke wants to do. And Ahsoka was, I think, trying to help Luke's get the school started for Jedi training and Grogu was going to be the first student. So he sits Grogu down, Luke Skywalker does, and gives him a choice, an ultimatum. I, I have this lightsaber that was, uh, I think, from his or his father's. I forget, but it was. A, it's a so he gets a choice. You may keep the lightsaber and continue training with me, or you can take this Beskar armor. And he pulls out the Beskar armor, and it looks like something like a chainmail suit that you would see in the Lord of the Rings, right? Like the one that Frodo wore in right. Lord of the Rings. So you get a choice. You set him down in front of him. You get a choice. The Beskar armor or the lightsaber. The Beskar armor, you go back to your world with Mandalorian and you go and kick it with him. The lightsaber, you stay with me and continue your Jedi training for years to come. So you make that choice. And of course, they leave you on a cliffhanger. But we all know, basically, Luke should have said, you take the lightsaber and you continue training with me and thus ends the series of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Or if you take the Beskar armor, you go ahead and you continue the series and make Disney plus a lot more money and get a lot more views. Right. You tell me you decide. You should just put it out that way. That was definitely the forefront of Goku's mind. I'm sure. So when you hear of all these different Star Wars facets, and I didn't even mention the best part, because there was a little sequence in there as far as when this preparation for the battle of the against the Pike Syndicate, where the Mandalorian, Mando, goes back to the old town that the marshal's at and asks for the help of the townspeople to fight against the Pike Syndicate, because the Pike Syndicate, Mandalorian knows, is going to take over Tatooine, and that would include the town that the marshal's running, because the marshal in the beginning had a run in already with the Pike Syndicate that ended very quickly. So one of the last parts of this episode also was the Marshal facing off after Mando left while they're still deciding whether or not they're going to fight against the Pike Syndicate against a character brought in through the universe from the Clone Wars. Okay. A bounty hunter who was the most feared bounty hunter before Boba Fett in Cad Bane. This blue alien with these big red eyes and the way they structured it, that part of it just had a very Western feel. It was like a gunfight that was waiting to happen. And Cad Bane basically killed the deputy that was on duty, the young deputy that was part of this. He's only in there for a few scenes. He was killed off and also shot the marshal into a point where he may be dying. You don't know that for sure. Tune in next week to find out. But right. Cad Bane, the villainous Cad Bane who spoke to the marshal and told them to stay out of this, stay out of this fight. 
don't trust Boba Fett. And so basically it comes down to, you know, what's going to happen next week during this battle, this final episode that Cad Bane and Boba Fett are going to somehow face off against each other. So again, you saw all facets of the Star Wars universe. If you even throw the Naboo Starfighter, which was made another appearance, you can even put in the prequels in there. So you saw the prequels, you saw the beloved trilogy from the 70s and 80s. You saw references to the later on from the new movies, the rebooted movies. You saw stuff from the appearance of Cad Bane from the Clone Wars and, of course, the Mandalorian as well. I mean, when you've got all this bunch together, a lot of people are praising the episode. I still ask that question. What does it do for the Book of Boba Fett? For the Book of Boba Fett? I don't know. We talked about this last week. How it takes away. Did they already decide on a second season? They have not decided on it. Okay, so maybe one season is all that they really had planned. Maybe. It's a character who had, like, 15 lines, maybe, at most. Actually, less. And it's a character who had more of a mystique over the years. That's why he was so cool and so beloved by a certain sect of the Star Wars fan universe. That mystique is gone. It's way gone. I mean, now it's come to the point where people are like, okay, I've had enough Boba Fett. Some people still love Boba Fett, but a lot of people are just like saying, can we get it over with and go on to the Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm probably in that camp. I started out really enjoying the movie. I I enjoy Robert Rodriguez and, and his style of camera angles and fast cuts and forwards and backwards and, and all of that stuff. Really into all of that. But when the episode of The Mandalorian came out, I was like, oh, The Mandalorian is that much better. Right. Right. That's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. And you're like a lot of other people out there. But again, it seemed like a Star Wars reunion on hand showing so many sides and facets to the Star Wars universe, which made it a great episode. But you're left wondering, what does this really do for the future of Boba Fett? We'll wait and see. But if you like the episode six for Star Wars, the book of Boba Fett, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, Peacemaker episode six, like I said, was a very interesting one. Very emotional, very disturbing at points, and also a little bit funny as well. But the, from the beginning where he's Peacemaker's put in a situation where it's superhero day where they brought him into a classroom and he had the fun with the kids which was a very light moment before a very heavy and gory episode where the butterflies take over the police force and set up a battle for next week along with for okay so peacemaker on one side he has to deal with this alien force of these people that have been taken over by these evil butterflies aliens from another planet they just pop in your mouth. You know, it's a very gruesome way that they do it. They just pop in your mouth. They're on your brain and <laughs> they start taking over and you're dead. Once you, they take over the nervous system, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's all she wrote. Yeah. So now they're controlling all these, these policemen and, and it's, yeah, it's really looking grim there. And on the other side, he's got to deal with his father, who, the white dragon, the yeah. white supremacist dragon that he is, gets out of jail, puts on the costume, and now he's ready to go ahead and kill his son which is Peacemaker. So, yes. In other words, it's going to be a very interesting episode seven and eight because there's two episodes left for that series. I'm not going to say 
people should come back in and give it a chance. If, if they don't want to, if they've been turned off by it before, I, I can't say I blame them because at times this, this show has been disturbing. This times this show has been a little bit boring. This times the show has been very interesting and funny. So it's been all over the place, but this episode did do a pretty good job of trying to convey what it's doing, but it did so in a very disturbing way at times, because again, the way the aliens possess you as humans out there it's it's kind of disturbing and i was like kind of taken aback by that because i was like in a it was very light for a little while then all of a sudden they hit you with this heavy stuff right yeah and then they at the very end they hit you with some emotional stuff as far as how peacemaker is trying to deal with all this and yeah it was again it was all over the place and i can't say that's a bad thing when it when a actual episode gets you riled up to the point where you're actually emotionally invested because that's the idea yes but it's kind of strange though that it's taken the turn that it has, but it's very interesting to see what will happen with Peacemaker. If you've stuck around, I know you're probably excited for the next two episodes, but have you heard outside of myself any word on people watching Peacemaker out there? No, I haven't personally. And, you know, there's a good chunk of my time is spent talking to people about games they're playing and shows they're watching and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the fact that nobody that I've talked to has really said anything about being a viewer of Peacemaker is, well, if, if I was a showrunner, I would be concerned. I had said before that James Gunn has heard good things about it, along with getting another spinoff for the Suicide Squad, that there's going to be the possibility of a second season. It's not been confirmed, but that there could be a possibility of a second season for Peacemaker. Right. So I guess it's on the right track. You never know. It's been very interesting to see how this lays out for Peacemaker. So I guess since I'm six episodes in, over two-thirds of the way through, I think I'll stick with it for the rest of the series. So we'll go ahead and keep on reporting it from here. But if you've got thoughts out there on Peacemaker, please let us know. Episode six was probably the most impactful of the entire series. So I want to hear your thoughts on Peacemaker and where it stands heading into the final two episodes of that first season. Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we head to the break, my friend, I got to go ahead and guess on a word for Wordle for number yes. three spots. So, oh, the pressure's on, the pressure's on. It is. Okay. All right. So I I'm going to. I don't think I made it very easy for you either. I think I picked two terrible words. That's okay. That's okay. So we're going to go with, uh, 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 maybe I'll do S-T-A-I-R, stare. Let's see what we got there. Nice. (laughs) All right. So just to let everybody know on the podcast what we did, I said stare is the third guess. The S is in the correct spot. The T is not a good letter. The A is in the right spot, and the R is in an incorrect spot, but it's still there. So we now know what we need to do. We'll go ahead and keep on guessing on the back half of the show. But when we come back, it is G.J. Johnson on Sony buying Bungie. Or did they? We'll talk about the unique relationship they now have. $3.6 billion unique. And then it'll be us playing more Wordle and more coming up after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. 
But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and of course our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2 exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. All right, and we're back because it is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Is another shocker in the console wars and the console battle between PlayStation and Xbox. And there's a little bit of Nintendo every now and then. And then also, we can't forget Tencent. Because in the past few months, we've seen acquisition after acquisition after acquisition. We've talked about Tencent. We've talked about 2K buying Zynga. We've also talked about, of course, the huge Activision purchase by Microsoft. And now this week, another bombshell drops in the console wars as Bungie gets purchased by Sony for reported $3.6 billion. Again, TJ should be, yes, I was just waiting for you. <laughs> Billion dollars to go ahead with Dr. Evil once again. But here today to talk about this purchase and how it affects the landscape of the console wars going forward and the unusual comments that were made is a good man indeed. He is one of our great reps here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is TJ Johnson. And TJ, great to have you back, my friend. Not too surprising that Sony would make a kind of like counter move. Not on the level, of course, especially with billions of dollars. Right. That Microsoft made with Activision. It still is a counter move. Although it's kind of funny that Sony has purchased Bungie for almost the same amount not too long ago in the previous decade that Disney acquired Marvel and Star Wars. Hmm. Serendipity. Hmm. Yes. Who got the better deal on that one? I wonder. <laughs> so when I heard about it, I said, that's interesting. I said, isn't Bungie the company that created Halo and, and did all that for Xbox and then they went independent and and now they're they, they big actually... on yeah, Microsoft, because Microsoft owned them, mm-hmm. and then they, uh, I guess, uh, purchased themselves out. They right, bought themselves out. Themselves, yeah. yeah, so yeah, they bought themselves mm-hmm. out. So so here's my thoughts. My thoughts on it is it, it, it's kind of, it, it smells like desperation. Now, Sony will tell you that we've been planning on this for months, so this is not in any way, this is not in any way, about what Microsoft purchased. That's what Sony will tell you. I mean, and and if they tell you anything else, then they would be doing themselves a disservice. That's their job, right? It's their job to put the gloves up. Even if you hurt, you put your gloves up. You never let them know. So they, they did this purchase, this acquisition. And first of all, let's talk about the amount of money that they spent on this. Billions, billions for Bungie, billions. So you think Bungie is worth the same amount that Disney paid for Marvel? Well, I understand the rates of inflation and all that comparative to over a decade ago, especially when you're talking about the acquisition of companies. But this is a company, yes, they do have the pedigree of Halo, and they have the mixed pedigree also of the Destiny and Destiny 2 games, which... Mixed. Yes, because Destiny came out with (laughs) a huge response initially. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, part of that was lukewarm reviews, and a lot of people wanting after you know just a short period of time people lining off and then having their own base they they acquired over the course of their time a solid 
yet mm-hmm. not as large as once believed or once thought could happen as far as base of players that would continue to love and play the game as they fed out content through both destiny and destiny 2 i was one of those players that got on the train early for destiny saw what i liked initially with that huge release as far as in advance of the actual game release they they came out with that content that they brought out i remember it's one of the most downloaded demos of all time and and then i actually got into the game a little bit but it became a little bit of a slog it became a little bit of a underwhelming experience and the campaign was nothing to really write home about destiny 2 came around and a lot of people like myself never even got really into it. I know there are a lot of people who still play it today, but it's not to the level I think that Destiny was believed. This whole Destiny universe was believed to have. If Destiny, I think with the Bungie pedigree coming from Halo and all that, was to believe this game was supposed to reshape the future for the games industry going forward, and it never even came close to doing that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I think that they've got themselves a niche as a shooter, you know, as a shooter company. And the truth which, of the matter which is... Which Sony needed, which Sony needed. Which Sony after. needs, absolutely. Sony absolutely needs that. But the truth of the matter is Destiny is still doing numbers. I think they just hit a million users over the weekend or something. They, they just had some kind of staggering statistic that came out about how many users they had. I want to say it was like a million. So it's not that they're, they don't have users. I don't want to... I don't want to make it sound like Bungie is not a decent acquisition for sony i just don't think it's worth 3.6 billion dollars this this word billion is just being thrown around so loosely as of late this is like every time you hear is billion this billion that 6.68 billion dollars 3.6 billion dollars like that's that's just that's a lot of money to throw at this development company and i don't see them as a 3.6 billion dollar worth but they're paying on an investment and they're planning this turns into something that could be big. And what I found was interesting is that they made it very clear to point out that this team would still be working independently under the Sony brand, but independently and, still putting and that's out something multi-platform. I wanted to ask you because yeah. Sony, the Sony president, the Sony lead, mm-hmm. and also as well, the Bungie president, both of them indicated that, that was going to be the case. So mm-hmm. they, you're, you're telling me in essence that you made a purchase of $3.6 billion dollars. Yet you're still going to run into, yeah, to not be exclusive, to not going to be, you're still going to be running in things independently as they see fit, as Bungie sees fit, not Sony, as Bungie sees fit. So in essence, what are you buying? Because with Activision, we know that the future is coming at some point in time, whenever contractual agreements are finished with Sony, Mm -hmm. that there will be exclusive Call of Duty and Activision games going forward. For the yep. Xbox Games Pass. This is yep. something that's going to happen. Call of Duty Warzone, I have a feeling that because the microtransactions and free-to-play platform will be on a multi-platform. But we're talking about the almost yearly campaigns, the the type of deal where Call of Duty Vanguard and Call of Duty Black Ops have thrived before. Those games, once they're created, whether they're yearly or not, will be exclusive at some point in time down the road for xbox it with this case and sony okay sony's going to be raking in the bucks whatever bungie makes and they're also Mm -hmm. talking about developing a new game alongside the destiny universe 
that's fine that's great but that's also believed in order to what you hear it's going to be an independent game as well that's multi-platform so right. what does sony really get out of this outside of just raking in the bucks when all is said and done from what they paid for bungie what does playstation itself get out of this outside of just some monetary gain I think this was probably just a monetary game. Listen, you have to remember these console wars are going to continue going, but the biggest hindrance to these console wars is the fact that they're having a problem getting consoles to the consumers, right? That's This is this has been the same issue since day one. So because that's been an issue since day one, these companies are going to have to figure out multiple ways to create revenue. And I believe one of Sony's thought points to this is we're going to be able to create revenue by still allowing PlayStation branded games or PlayStation titles, such as MLB The Show, which was also just announced to be uh, releasing on Microsoft and uh, Nintendo platforms as well, by allowing these other platforms to utilize the Sony brand name uh, for certain games, certain instances, they're realizing that they have to be able to make more money in multiple ways other than just using a console because they're having difficulty getting consoles in consumers' hands to the point now where they're still making more PlayStation 4s because they can't keep up with the PlayStation 5 demand. So I think they're realizing that you've got to look at an overall big picture about revenue and not just look at it from a console standpoint sales. you got to yeah, figure out a way just to make money. With Xbox Games Pass, you know, as we talked about in our previous conversation when it comes to the whole acquisition with Activision and the ultimate goal is just to push the Xbox Games Pass on whatever platform that you buy it on, it's so funny because you talked about MLB The Show, and MLB The Show last year was on Xbox Games Pass the same time you you had to buy it for 60 or $70 on the PlayStation. Uh, that, yeah. people, that was crazy. People were saying, that's crazy. I'm, of course I'm going to yeah. play the Sony game on the Xbox Games Pass. But when it concerns the, the multi-platform type deal, I mean, it doesn't make much sense, like I said, outside of a monetary gain. Unless that mm-hmm. multi-platform is PC and PlayStation. If it is still going forward on a multi-platform, which includes Xbox for all their games, then really, does it, I mean, does it really make sense? I mean, it, yeah. you're supposed to get exclusive studios to build exclusive games for your platform. They're not exactly. having the same kind of luxury that Microsoft does that is allowing Xbox Games Pass to be put on every single conceivable platform as far as on your iPad, eventually on yeah. your TV, on your cell phone, et cetera, et cetera. I have to imagine that these guys are in charge for a reason. Jim Ryan is in charge for a reason that they know what they're doing or that they have some type of grand vision that we obviously are not privy to being down here on the, you know, being, being the grunts on the ground. We're not privy to that kind of information, but I'd have to imagine that they think that they're doing something big and that they're making big plans to move forward. So we'll see what Spartacus does. I think that this is just more of a way to increase their revenue stream. Granted, it cost them $3.6 billion to start it up, but I'm presuming that they're feeling like they're going to get a good return on that investment. Otherwise, they wouldn't have invested that money. So of course, time will tell. Time will tell, bud. Well, there's still more, I'm sure, in the offering coming up for all these major companies. Again, Sony purchases... Kind of. Again, Bungie for $3.6 billion. Still, they're going to be remain somewhat of an independent company. So there's going to be a very interesting relationship going forward between these two. What's going to be the next domino to fall in this 
seemingly never-ending video game race. I don't know. Tencent just bought Sumo Group last week for $1.27 billion, even though they don't do a large some of the other games they still done sack boys you know they've, they've done stuff for sonic they're still a decent enough studio where they can produce out some games so tencent now owns them i mean the dominoes keep on falling so it's very interesting to see where this video game console war well, i shouldn't say console war content war as it's been discussed video game content war see what dominoes continue to fall but it's very interesting indeed. But TJ, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by, sharing your Absolutely. thoughts on this. Any last thoughts on this on the way out? Because, you know, Tencent, again, they purchased a lot. Microsoft has made some purchase. Nintendo, what's happening with you, my friend? Sony's even buying stuff too. I think it's important that, uh, <laughs> that, that Nintendo just says, you know what, you guys shoot it out and we'll still be here doing what we do sometimes you have people you have companies that are just fine being where they are nintendo is, is always going to be a household name nintendo is always going to be a name that is synonymous with family fun entertainment that's not going to change i don't think it's necessary i think it'd be different if if they were one of these titles or one of these companies that are looking to just continue to to be innovative and 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 be the future and be the leading game console maker they're looking to ensure that their name is still known that they continue to break in sales, which they have. I mean, Nintendo Switch is still one of the highest selling consoles to date. Of all time, it, yeah. Going over time, 100 million in sales. Nintendo's like, like, I don't have to do that. You guys have fun with your technology jargon and your battles and your teraflops and we're just going to keep putting out content that people enjoy and that people have fun with. And we're going to just keep doing what we do. You guys have fun with that. So, no, Nintendo's cool. Nintendo's just going to chill and, and do what Nintendo does and let those chips fall where they may, and you know, let the best man win. And rake in the money, indeed. And rake in the money. Yes, sir. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Once again, it's TJ Johnson. Truly appreciate everything that you bring to the show. Your thoughts on Sony purchasing Bungie. We'll see what happens for the future for Bungie going forward. We'll see what happens for the future of PlayStation. Will there be some exclusives in the offering? One now that Sony owns, or at least, you know, kind of has the controlling rights for bungie i mean bungie has skipped out on this before with microsoft so who's to say that they won't like the arrangement and give them the 3.6 billion dollars back so we'll see they've done it before <laughs> but it's a very interesting relationship that's now been created between sony and bungie truly appreciate you talking about it hoping there will be more dominoes to fall in this content race we'll see what happens but TJ, it's great to have you back my friend talking sony talking xbox talking whatever you want to talk about right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford along with my good friend, Mrs. Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. We're here playing Wordle, talking pop culture, 
want to thank so much TJ Johnson for talking about Sony by Bungie. And before I go ahead and ask your thoughts on this purchase, because I know you've got a little bit to say on that, especially after what Microsoft did, you get the next guess on Wordle. So we're again, yes, so updating everybody on Wordle. We've got an S correct in the right spot, got an A correct in the middle, and an R that's a correct letter, but it's in an incorrect spot. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. What's your next word you have on the list, Sarah? Gee whiz. Gee willikers. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Daryl, I don't have a word. (laughs) It took me that long to come up with slash and smash, to be honest. That's why I don't play word games. Or to use some N, so you can't say like snake or anything like that. Right, yeah. And like R is out, O is out, T is out. Wow, this is too hard. Did you put this on the most difficult setting or? No, I don't even have it on hard mode. I'm just putting up for everybody on there on the screen, those settings. Oh, gosh. Not even That's what's terrible about this. Thank goodness. How's it on hard mode? This is hard already. Right? What about smack? But there's no R. Oh, that's right. See? Right? Because yes. I mean, it could be snack for that matter, but there's no, there's again, no R. So smart. Nope, there's no T. No T. Huh. Smark? Snark. No, you use the N already. Oh, that's right. Oh, geez. I'm going to say S H A. Shard? Yeah. Like a shard of glass? Yeah, even sharp. Yeah, hey, 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 that's a more common word. Let's see. Let's give it a, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so it's, all right. Oh, no, there's no R, oh, yeah, there is an R, okay. There is an R, it's just not two R's. Right, yeah, okay. So we're going to go, everyone, with sharp and see what happens there. Keep your fingers crossed. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. (gasps) Oh! It is shard. Put shard in right now. Let's just see if we can... Uh, so sharp <laughs> didn't work. Sad. Everything else is in place. So it's yeah. HR. Let's go D. Let's see if we finish this on out. Oh man. <gasps> hey! yes, 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 it is wow. sharp. Uh, I was right. right. Yes. But you helped me on that path. You helped me on that path with some great guesses. No, so yes, I took yes. you right off of that path. <laughs> no, no. It's a team sharp. effort. Team no effort. Way. Yes. Sharp. Yes. So that is the craze known as Wordle. Everybody out there, I hope you've had a lot of fun watching what we've been doing here on the show. We truly appreciate you going ahead and, and watching all this. It's been us being frustrated, but hey, we did not a great bad. job. So not bad I, at all. Yeah, not bad at all. But me, I'm usually a loser on it. So that's a great <laughs> job indeed. Want to go ahead and touch on this though. TJ was talking about it in regards yes. to Sony buying Bungie for $3.6 billion dollars. Bungie will still remain independent. We'll still have a lot of his projects, if not all of his projects that they indicated, will still be multi-platform. Sony has indicated since that they're looking to expand beyond the reaches of PlayStation. And for Bungie, this is great because they get an influx of cash. So your thoughts on this? I mean, it's not exactly the touche that... Yeah. We saw with Activision Blizzard being bought out by Microsoft. Maybe they'll make a a Diablo clone at Bungie to go ahead and appease you if Diablo gets taken away from you and you get mad and you you go up to Seattle to Microsoft and hear the police on the news. 
There's a woman outside the Microsoft offices with the sign, don't take my Diablo away from my PS4. Do not do this, Bill Gates. No, no, no. No, no, no. See, I'm Canadian, so it would be a strongly worded letter that I would put in the mail and send. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, there's no, uh, there's no actually. I can just see Robbie turning on CNN or something like that, MSNBC oh or some news station, is seeing this. Hey, that that's my wife outside there, <laughs> like helicopter coverage and all that. So, but if you have thoughts out there on Sony buying Bungie, please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, before we head on out, still a little bit more to talk about, including some streaming stuff. We mentioned earlier that Amazon is raising its rates. Not a surprise at all. I mean, it's the first time in four years for them. So I guess it's something yeah, to be expected. We saw it already this year with Netflix raising the rates and now Amazon. Coming up this weekend on Amazon, it's not one, but two properties that are coming out there. The first thing I wanted to mention was The Legend of Vox Machina, which I know you're familiar with from the folks from Critical Role. Right. playing a key part into this this animated series. It's getting a lot of acclaim already. People are very interested in it. Your thoughts on The Legend of Vox Machina? I've watched the first three episodes. They're really good. And, you know, some of the problems that I'm seeing people have with it online or stuff like, you know, it's, it just seems like it's moving really fast and, and things like that. I mean, it's based on their first campaign that they ran for Critical Role. And that game was just over two years almost two and a half years long, I believe. So of course, they're not going to be able to hit every single beat in the story. Exactly. Yeah. To condense it, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, even if you know nothing about Dungeons and Dragons or Critical Role or any of that kind of stuff, you're going to enjoy this cartoon. There is nudity. There is bad words. So if that's a turnoff for you, this is not going to be the cartoon for you. But that doesn't really bother you too much. You see Matt Mercer in in a number of different roles, just like you do when you watch Critical Role. You know, everything seems exactly as spicy as Critical Role can be and exactly as much fun. It still comes across with all of the charm that Critical Role has. The other Amazon feature is Reacher. That series starts as well. That's based off of the Jack Reacher character from the books and, of course, the Tom Cruise movies. Right. I know, like I said before, that it reminds me, the lead actor, Alan Richson, reminds me a little bit of Chris Hemsworth in that, yes, he's jacked up, but he seems to have a familiarity with the camera being very presentable as far as on an acting side. He's not just some muscle head who doesn't know how to act and it looks like it's going to be something that they try to center a series around him and it's going to fail. Right. This might actually has some legs. Again, from what I've seen in the trailers, it seems very promising to continue the Reacher character. Your thoughts on Reacher real quick from Amazon? It's another one that I'm looking forward to. I find myself coming to Amazon before I... I know you and a lot of the ladies might have some interest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not going to be upset about an attractive person in a show that you're watching. Nobody is ever upset about that. Netflix. Yes. Which Netflix, there's a lot of things going on. It's always at Netflix. <laughs> wow, right? Yes, the farce comedy Murderville, which plays off cop show tropes. Sure. And it's, I think Will Arnett's starring in it and it, a guest comes in to help solve a crime each and every week. And they play the guest that comes in, the celebrity guest that comes in, has no idea what's going to be said next. And they have to improv the whole thing. 
So <laughs> it's really kind of funny where everybody else, the actors, they know what they're doing. And the celebrity that comes on each and every week has to play it all improv. So it creates for an interesting show uh, nonetheless. But yes, Murderville started up. It's already available on Netflix. Also as well, you've been catching something on Netflix as well that just came yeah. out instead of Boba Fett. Yeah, I fell into Archive 81 the other night. And if you are a fan of a creepy show that is going to keep you guessing, and I don't mean like scary, I mean unnerving creepy, this is the show for you. Please watch it because I put it on the Vampires and Vitae Twitter the other day and I was like, are we just not talking about Archive 81 or am I just really late? And I missed well, I think it might be an under the radar hit for Netflix. Oh, a lot of people may get interested man. in it. It is so good. I've, I mentioned it today to a couple of people and they were like, yeah, that's on my list of, of ones that I want to check out. Please give this show on Netflix a little bit of your time. It's so good. Netflix yeah. just dropped a trailer showcasing 86 movies that are coming by the end of the year, which is insane. Blows my mind. I mean, we're, it's this even beats the 52 movies in 52 weeks that they promoted last year. Yeah. 86 movies, Melinda. Yeah. Wow. There weren't many flashes of movies that we saw in that trailer. That tells you the power of Netflix right there for you. So yeah. 86 movies are on the way. That doesn't even mention any of the shows like Stranger Things or anything that they're doing as far as series is concerned or specials or anything like that. Those are just straight up movies. 86 movies coming to the end of the year. And Dying Light 2. For gamers out there, that's coming this weekend. Raised by Wolves, HBO Max, Season 2. If you're into that, Ridley Scott produced series from the highly acclaimed first season of HBO Max that came out right at the dawn of when HBO Max was starting. So if you're going to go ahead and check that out, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Oh, it's been a great episode, Melinda. I'll tell you what, exhale. We're almost out. <laughs> we, we, we did great on Wordle. We actually finished way before I thought we were going to do it. Right. Not bad. But before we head on out, something I wanted to cover on the Monday show, Halo. I don't know if you get a chance to check out the trailer. The series is coming out later in March, late yes. March to be exact, about a week before Moon Knight drops on Disney+. Plus. This will be coming out to Paramount+, Plus, which, by the way, just talked about a Starfleet Academy series that's going to yes. be in development. Also uh, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So your thoughts on Halo? People are up in arms that they don't hear the voice of Steve Downs, which is the famous voice for all these years. Right. They talked about the voice of Cortana still being around. Jen Taylor. It looked okay. I've already seen Halo series before being tried as far as from an independent standpoint and kind of like a mini series standpoint already by Microsoft. And it's been hit or miss. I mean, this looks okay. I'm going to give it a chance. How about you? Yeah, I would do the same. I would give it a chance. Will it have a whole lot of substance? That's the only question that I have. And also, is it the show that we need to have substance to? I don't know. We'll find out. Definitely looking forward to Halo. Obviously, because of my love for Halo over the years, I'll definitely give it a chance. But we want to hear your thoughts on the Halo series. And if it's something that you are going to get into next month on Paramount+, Plus, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. I'm exhaling now. What an episode. I'll tell you what, we ran through the gambit. You did an That's incredible awesome. job as always. 
I'm just glad we solved the puzzle. Of everything we talked about, I'm just glad we solved the wordle. Right. <laughs> a- any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on? Uh, apparently, what we do in the shadows is on Disney Plus, at least in Canada. So I haven't looked for it down here, but yeah. When it concerns stuff overseas, like for instance, what Ben Arnault from Australia from Smoking Hot Confessions, he and I were talking about in January when he stopped by to host the Pop Culture Cosmos. My gosh, they get so many more good things all wrapped up in a run. It's basically what I've talked about for years that I would love to see the day that Disney just says, okay, we're absorbing Hulu, absorbing ESPN Plus, putting it all on the platform. It would be interesting to see if they did that. Perhaps but have I, the other two outside. I, I don't know. I was just now I'm trying to redesign their app and that's not, not going to work for me. So we should call it the Melinda app. Yeah. You know what? It's another strongly worded email from a Canadian. That's what that is. <laughs> outside of Disneyland. Yes, there's a woman out there saying, you need to change the app, please. Yeah. Change the app, please. <laughs> Everything not directly Disney animated or live action. Yes. You have to have a password for her. <laughs> this is the way, the Melinda way. <laughs> this is the way. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Hey, Martha. What? Do you like nerd stuff? I do. And do you like adult beverages? I super do. (laughs) Well, then you should join us with a drink. With a drink. With a drink. Um, But first, let's talk nerdy. Clink. (laughs) On the ESO Network. We'll see you on Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.